hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, Really excited today because uh, I can sit down and have a conversation with our brand new chair of our board of elders. I want to uh, reintroduce, because I think that they participated in this before, uh, Teresa DeFighter. Teresa, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm sure you're super comfortable uh, being in this environment, Teresa, but uh, (laughs) if you can just share a little bit about yourself, that uh, helps us get to know you a little bit better before we dive into the conversation we want to have today. Okay, well, um, I attend the Vineland site with my husband, and uh, we have a family, two kids, four grandchildren, two boys, two girls. Um, Yeah, life, we're both retired, so life is a little bit different than... uh, you know, when you have a family, we uh, just sort of got into the groove of, you know, COVID life and making life pretty simple, but it's all good. When you talk about COVID life, is there anything that you have particularly enjoyed about COVID life? Is there anything that you've learned or are you like me and we've just basically hated it? <laughs> uh, I would say first off, I probably hate it. But the passion, actually, I like to socialize. I like to have people over. So that part was very difficult. But we actually got, my husband and I, we did get into a groove of just, you know, relaxing and making the best of it. We did lots of walks and just outdoor things, which was a little bit, not, it wasn't new for us, but we just made a point of doing that. And, you know, with a family that we were able to see, we just spent more time with them. So that was how we compensated for the lack of social life. Yeah, I found if, 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 if at the very least we can take advantage of the value of simplicity, then we've probably gleaned something positive out of all this. At least yeah. I've, that's what I've found and found with other people too. So it sounds like the same thing with you. Um, I want to dig into a conversation that I know uh, many of us around Southridge and church leaders listening care about, but it's, it's, it's kind of a lower profile type uh, conversation. It involves member meetings. And we're having this conversation because this coming Sunday is our local church's annual uh, general meeting of our members that you're now going to be uh, convening and chairing. And uh, so I want to dive into that in, in just a moment. But first of all, I want to talk about your new role as chair. Uh, you recently became the chair of our uh Church's Board of Elders, after a, a long stint of Joan Hyatt, another board member, playing that role. Um, for, first things first, like what what does what does that mean? What does it mean for you to have become the board chair? Well, that's a big question. Um, to become the board chair is um, well, we can say that. How do I say it? It's just it's a position that is part of the board. It's not the head of the board, but in a sense it is. We facilitate the meetings, prepare agendas, uh, kind of a spokesperson for the board. And um, I'd just like to back up a little bit for speaking about Joan. She, I don't know how many years she did the chair position, 
but she was an awesome chair. She really led well and she was a really great example. So for myself, I have that to follow and those are big shoes to fill as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I know she's there. The team is great. The board team is, they're really, they're a great team. They work, we work really well together. So I'm anticipating this will be a, a smooth transition, hopefully. Yeah, it's an interesting concept because, you know, when you talk about a, a, a differentiated position like the chair, you know, we've often talked about, especially our church board, and I know for many church leaders, this is the way boards function. They function as what's called a plurality, mm -hmm. meaning a team of equals that together oversees and provides governance and authority and accountability to mm -hmm. the, the ministry of the church and to its, to its ministry leaders. So, I mean, you've already kind of alluded to the language a little bit where the, the chair isn't one over this plurality. They're one of the plurality, but they do play kind of an initiating and organizing and, and facilitating role. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. It's just in, in making sure implementing policies, good governance, and then just overseeing uh, the meetings, basically. Yeah, like at a practical level, what does the chair do that other board members don't do? Well, for one, uh, we do set the agenda with yourself. That's one of the meetings that we do together. Um, I would say facilitate the meetings, prepare the agenda, serve as a spokesperson. Um, yeah, that's, I, for now, that's about for now, until anything more more dramatic emerges that's that's pretty much it um when we get to it yeah and I, I again i don't want to downplay the significance of this because like you said joan hyatt has, has played this role for uh, the last number of years and really really done a a, a top-tier job yes. in playing that role of facilitating the plurality of this board as a team mm -hmm. i guess my curiosity would be for you teresa like why were you interested in or at least willing to become the chair? Well, I think it's kind of when I don't think I was looking for the position. It's just like when I was, um, I didn't look to become an elder as well. I was just, I was living my life and following Jesus and being an example to others. And when the role of an elder came up, I just felt it was the right timing and it was something that I felt led to be in that position. And it's basically the same thing with this chair position. I know there was a Joan expressed that she wanted to finish off this year, 2021, and um, that position was coming opening. And for some reason, I just felt really led to take up that role. And also, you know, of course, with the approval of the rest of the board. So yeah, to say I was looking to do it, uh, no, not really. Yeah, but, yeah, you weren't gunning for the for yeah. the for the title. No, but I just felt something led me to do this. Obviously, God was leading. So yeah, that's why I decided to stick my neck out and do it. <laughs> and and now that you've been in it, you know, at least a couple of months, what what are you hoping to uniquely contribute to the board or to the church? in this season that you're going to play the role of chair? Well, that's a large open question. Uh, for myself, I think it's, I think it's great that a woman can sit on the, on the board as a chair. 
I think we bring in, I bring myself personally, I bring a different perspective than maybe some men would and also a life experience. And I just, I, I feel that I'm a good example for people and for other women, especially to see that this is a, this is a possible position to be in. Yeah, we've talked about the the strength of visible examples, visible representation. And I know when Joan Joan was our first female chair and uh, to have another female board chair, especially in these public environments like mm-hmm. we're going to talk about in a moment, the AGM, uh, to have that presence and to have a, a contribution in that role made by a woman, that's significant for, mm-hmm. for women personally and for the movement of female empowerment for us as a church. It's really, that's really great. Yeah, and I feel... Um, I've also, I've advocated for this church for a long time, and I feel strongly about this, our vision, and I feel that I can still contribute in that way to just bring this vision forward with really some energy and some um, excitement for our church community. Fantastic. Let's talk about then this weekend, because we're going to assemble together as members for our AGM and be led uh, in this process by our brand new chair in yourself, Teresa, kind of at the very beginning of this. And, uh, you know, we've got other leaders that they hold, they have these meetings too. And I know it's always a kind of a weird dynamic communicating these things to your, your, your church and to your members. From your perspective, why does, why do meetings like this and especially our AGM, why does an AGM matter? Well, I think it's very important and it's crucial for our members to be invested in the, just in the nuts and bolts of the church. And especially when it comes to the finances and the elder uh, renewals, this is their responsibility. And it's, it's, um, it's definitely a huge responsibility. And it's also their contribution because they are the church and they have their, it's important to hear from them about it. They're our final voice actually in this, in this process. And the, the board themselves, they need the backing of the membership to move forward into 2022. And we really, really respect the opinions and the, the input from them, thoughts, whatever they have to say. We want, to, we want all our members to be engaged in this whole process. It's very important. Yeah, it's interesting. You're, you're tapping into to two dynamics or two realities. One is just the, the, the reality of the ownership of everybody, or at least the ownership of the members that meetings like this cultivate or meetings like this require, or frankly, the future of the, 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 the church requires. I mean, the Bible talks about us being altogether the body of Christ and individually members of it. And meetings like this help cultivate that identity. But then you, you add another twist that in contexts like ours, and I'm sure in many churches, this 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 membership contribution in meetings like this is also critical to the life and health of our church, like from a final authority and accountability perspective. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I think the uh, we want to like the accountability is we're we are members of this church, and that is our accountability to be able to support and and recognize the vision and what's happening at this church. And it's part of your, as a Christian community, as a Christ follower, it is 
your accountability to support and to um, bring along, come alongside the, the board and the LT and just to make sure that you feel that this is an organization that you want to be part of. Yeah, we often talk about a church like ours being leader-led and utilizing you know, certain spiritual gifts among the diversity of spiritual gifts in the body of Christ for things like leadership or even in, in the board's context, things like wisdom and discernment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we want to always have a, a, a dynamic where a leader-led model is also accountable. And so, you know, talk about how a meeting like this contributes to that accountability. The, uh, the membership is holds the board accountable to what happens in the church and the and the overall um, proceedings of the board and the church. And it's important, it's absolutely important for them to know what's going on and to um, keep them accountable. Yeah, and I guess my question there, Teresa, is, you know, in a meeting like this, we're going to convene, and this year we're, we're, we're doing this on Zoom, we'll talk about that in a moment as mm-hmm. well, but you know, our, our membership meetings are like an hour long and they involve these few votes. From your perspective, like, do these membership votes really matter? Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. They do matter. We, uh, we, we, this is the only way as part of, it's part of the bylaws as well for the AGM to have the membership vote on these votes and, um, it's, it's imperative that they vote and keep, this is how the church stays accountable to, um, the governance and the board and absolutely important. Yeah. I hope our members listening can really hear and resonate with that because I know people have said before, Hey, I'm just showing up, raising my hand. Does this really matter? Like if anything really went offside, the authority and the accountability of the membership in one of these votes to affirm or to veto and not affirm, to not approve a recommendation by this leader-led board, that's a significant trajectory-changing function of affirmation accountability that ultimately rests in the hands of our members. And so I hope that people would feel not only empowered in that, but you know, hear from people like our board chair just how significant that moment of vote actually is. It's not just a autopilot, you know, kind of religious ritual. This is a significant affirmation and act of accountability. Yes. Um, in light of that, uh, I want to talk about the two kinds of votes that, at least in our context, our members are going to uh, participate in this weekend. The first uh, involves the affirming of either new or in this case term renewing elders so people on our board that uh have participated in a three-year term that are going to renew another three-year term and i'm just curious for people's orientation teresa can can you speak to the process of how a board member renews their term what goes on behind the scenes well behind the scenes uh the elder would express their desire to continue for another term of three years. And at that time, uh, they were asked to gather with people from our membership uh, who can attest to and confirm their role as an elder, how they're doing, uh, just, you know, watching them, 
in services or outside of uh, church and their lifestyle, all those kind of things. And they can speak into their lives. Um, so, and then Jeff, yourself and I, the chair, would sit in those meetings with that elder that's uh, renewing. And we get the feedback from the membership on these elders. And then um, this is all brought back to the AGM and our members could vote yes or no on this process. Yeah, it's, it's unrealistic to have every member speaking into the life of a, a, a renewing board member, especially when they don't really know them personally or they might not be part of their, their location. But, you know, we've created this interview process where some people familiar with the board member, familiar with their location, watching them kind of up close, uh, get, to, get to do that, get to comment on, you know, their strengths and maybe ways that they can grow in their next term. I know that this past week, you sat in on the, the first term renewing interviews outside of yourself, the one that you had participated in a couple of years ago. From the board chair seat, what did those feel like? Well, that was a, uh, I've been in those that I, I was in that myself uh, a couple of years ago, but being on the chair side is a different process, I guess, or a different experience because I was, it was very interesting to just listen to the, the people that had spoken into the elders' lives and just hear from their perspective how things are going, even within their church, within their location, I should say, and um, just even getting feedback from them as, you know, encouragement and, you know, a feeling about how things are at the church. So it was a good perspective. Yeah, you learn a lot sitting in those from the from the chair or from a leader's seat as opposed to when you're sitting on the hot seat, don't you? Yeah, but I would have to say for the elders too, it was, um, I think it's encouraging for them to hear what people are thinking and seeing them and just to lift them up and encourage them in their role as well because it's an elder's role is quite behind the scenes and you don't really hear too much from the people about their role. So it was a bit of a reversal there, which was, I think was encouraging to see. Yeah, you talk about behind the scenes. And I mean, in that spirit, this this term renewing interview that one of our board members participates in when they're about to renew at the AGM, that's actually the final phase of a, of a broader kind of annual performance review process that right. all of our board members go through. Can you talk about that a little bit for our members' awareness? Um, yes, that is something, um, as a, as an elder, we, at the end of the year, we have evaluations and, um, we go through, we sit down actually with, uh, another elder or two, and we have a, uh, evaluation scorecard, I think it's called that we go through and just to see where we're at, um, our highs and lows and where we could do better or have done quite well. And then we take that back at the end of the year. We have a meeting usually on December 31st, I think in the morning and uh, the board sits down together and we go through those uh, scorecards. We talk about how we have done throughout the year, um, you know, our highs and our lows and things that were areas that we can improve. And we also talk about going forward into the next year and how we're going to um, just sort of big dreams and blue sky ideas. 
Yeah, so I'm wondering about, you know, for, for other leaders listening, knowing that they're probably in a dynamic where they're held to account by their board, you know, is there any sort of performance review or accountability of the board? And this process, I've watched it because I, I sort of watch it as, a, as an ex-officio board member, th- this sequence of a board member going through their own performance review then a board member reviewing that in a peer-to-peer way, then those peer-to-peer reviews getting collected you know, with the whole team. And then on top of that, then the fourth stage being this extra interview of term renewing, uh, of term renewing elders. And uh, to do that on an annual level just, just illustrates the seriousness by which at least our board members take their job and take getting better at their job. It's really a a cool process. And I, I'm, I'm sure in your context, even as an elder around here for four or five years, has been encouraging and stimulating of, of your growth on the board as well. For sure. Yeah, you get a different perspective and you, you examine yourself uh, in a different way as well. Mm-hmm. One question that people ask about this whole term renewing thing is, why do we have limitless numbers of terms? Like we don't have a, you work two terms and then you can't be an elder anymore kind of a thing. Um, so far, we've allowed terms to renew limitlessly. Why, why, from your understanding, Teresa, why do we do that? Well, we do that because uh, the, the elders are, is a volunteer position. It's a servant position. And it's like any other volunteers within the church, usher, greeters, we don't have limits on them as either. And this is why we don't have limits as elders. And I know there's different thoughts on that. And this may be a conversation that we will have in the future, because I know there's definitely very varying um, opinions and views on that. Yeah, some people feel like the refreshment, mm-hmm. and even, you know, as, a, as an additional accountability measure, you should always have people kind of cycling in and out. Part of what we found is, you know, it's a spiritual gift, and and like you described in your own, mm-hmm. in your own experience, it's it's a calling at some level, like every other area of ministry, like kids ministry, worship bands, you know, teaching functions, leading a small group, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we we don't put term limits on any other deployment of a spiritual gift, and so we felt hesitant to do that in in this context, but. I would say at the same time, it, it has been an ongoing conversation for us as a board, hasn't it? That, you know, whether there would be value in that and, and to, to try to consider the input that people have provided that we should we should maybe think about that. So I think we're at least talking about it, aren't we? Right. And I know Jim Brown has a, a view on that as well. Yeah, Jim being a governance consultant that we've we've leveraged a number of times. Um, let's move ahead then and talk about the other the other vote, the other thing that uh our members uh, approve and affirm in an annual basis, and that is our operating budget. Uh, from your seat as new board chair, how are you feeling about our church finances these days? Well, I, as a church, I am really, as a church board, I, I feel that we have been really encouraged to see how people, and so appreciative of the church community and their commitment to giving so generously throughout this past year, actually last two years with this whole COVID thing. I know that you know many have struggled, but there's also many that have prospered during this time. And it's evident in the generous giving and the support uh, that we have seen here. It's quite amazing. And it's definitely a God 
God-given blessing for sure. And it's hard to say what's going to be coming up in the months ahead, but I, we're, you know, we've been trusting God the last two years, and that's really where we have to stay with this. Yeah, in the insider seat that you have on our board, what would you say kind of shapes our thinking about finances and even budget development in advance of the AGM, uh, knowing that we're now two years into the impact and implications of this pandemic? It's, it's been difficult, I think, for a lot of people. And I know that we have a huge responsibility and obligation to be stewardly with everything that's been given us. And I know there's oversight on all levels in all departments in managing the budgets. And I think that the staff themselves realize that this is, you know, a, a responsibility for them as well, because this is our membership and this is their money that is carrying this, this church and the vision of this church. And I feel that they've take that responsibility quite seriously. Anything else that knowing that you get this insider seat uh, that you see or that, that you feel like our members who don't get to sit where you sit might not appreciate when it comes to the financial management of our church. What's one thing that you'd want people outside of the board to know about that? Well, one thing for sure, which I think is very important, is that the board views the monthly financial statements. Um, every month we get them. They're presented, and we go through them, fine-tooth comb. We get to question everything that's, that's been presented. There is no, no question that goes unanswered about uh, finances. And also we have a year-end. Every year we have a, an audit done by an outside auditing firm. So that keeps us accountable as well. Hmm. I, I guess that's kind of leading to my, my last question on this. Like what helps someone like yourself trust the way finances are stewarded at Southridge? Cause again, this AGM vote, knowing how little we get into the minutia of kind of line by line detail at the AGM, it's really an affirmation of trust by the membership. What helps you trust how finances are stewarded? Um, good question. Trust. Trusting the board and the people that you have elected on the board to follow through and to know what's happening and keep on top of things is part of the trust that uh, you in, in, uh, uh, give to us as the board to do this for you. So, Yes, it is basically a blind trust. So that's why it's very important that you know the people that are on the board as well. Yeah, that's great. I, I feel like as we're wrapping up, you know, staring at the AGM this year, last thing that's worth talking about is the reality that again this year we've chosen for the, the AGM to be conducted online. Um, how are you feeling about hosting an AGM via Zoom? Well, last year was our first AGM, and we were so um, we were quite impressed of how it all went. I mean, we have very talented and creative minds behind the scenes setting this all up, and I was hoping we didn't have to do this on Zoom again, but we are, and um, we'll manage it. It was it it does make it convenient for people, obviously, especially people that are can't get out or you have small children. 
So yeah, it is a, it is an alternative that we'll work with. I know that you and I have joked, especially in the last number of weeks that we've been working a little more closely together, that the two of us are kind of zoomed out. Um, we, we both really, really value being together in person. What would you say to other church members who are feeling that the same and, you know, might think, ah, I, I might pass this year because I, I, I'm just zoomed out. I totally get it. And I really, I appreciate your patience in all of this. And, uh, I just have to say, I know we've heard this many times, just hang in there. This will end soon, but I know really I'm not sure about that anymore. So I'll just say, just hang in there and please just join us maybe one more time. That's what I'm hoping is going to be one more time. There's nothing like a meeting in person, but this is the next best thing. Yeah, we're, we're hopeful of that. Or at least we learned recently, we're optimistic about that, aren't we? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yes. Um, how... how would we encourage a church member to best prepare to participate in this AGM, particularly given that it's online? I would say mostly, and most importantly, I would say, please pray for the whole process, the finances, the um, elder renewal. These are very important things that you contribute to and prayerfully um, just hold this whole process up in, in before God because it's very important. Yeah, that's a great comment. And and as we wrap up, Teresa, you know, are there any things that we've kind of left unsaid, any final encouragements or or challenges, particularly to our members, let alone the, the other leaders listening, thinking about their church meetings? When it comes to us making the most of the AGM this week and engaging our members fully in the health and accountability of our church moving forward? Well, mostly I would say that we really need to stay engaged with our in our relationship with Jesus and what's and that's first and foremost in everything. And I think when we have that, all these other things follow in their place and where they're supposed to be. Um, I just say, just, you know, stay engaged with what's happening at the church too. continue to pray for the leadership team and our pastors, our site pastors. And I really look forward to seeing everybody at the AGM, even though it's not in person. It doesn't sound exciting in AGM and it certainly doesn't sound exciting on <laughs> Zoom, but we're, we're going to promise to deliver some fun and engagement. Is that true? <laughs> We can do that. Yes. Yeah. I might even yes. have some jokes. That's perfect. Well, gang, I hope that you're encouraged uh, yeah. by what's going to happen this weekend and uh, that you'll come out and experience this meeting led by our brand new chair. Uh, Teresa, I really appreciate you being here and thanks for sharing your heart with us today. Thanks, Jeff. Gang, thanks again for tracking with us and uh, we'll see you again next week as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. <laughs>